What's up, everybody? Before we get into this new episode, I just wanted to let everybody know that your girl Rosie, yes me, is now available on Patreon.com. If you just type that in, slash the Rosie Perspective, or just look me up in the search bar, you'll be able to find me and you can become a member and you'll have early access to new episodes as well as exclusive mini tings because I know y'all like hearing my three cents. So head over, support your girl, show love, help me keep this movement rocking, And as always, I appreciate the love and support. And thank you in advance, everybody. Now let's get into this episode. You are now tuning in to your new favorite podcast where we talk about a little bit of everything. I'm your host, Rosie, and this is The Rosie Perspective. Now let's get into it. Hey, it's your girl Rosie. I'm back with another episode of The Rosie Perspective. On today's episode, I have a super special guest. I know I say everybody on here is super special, but no, Amara is super special to me. So I have Amara from Black Girl Gone Podcast, which is a true crime podcast. If you could say hello. Hi. <laughs> Thank you so much for agreeing to come on. Um, so before we get started, I do want you to tell the listeners a little bit about your platform because your podcast is amazing and you do amazing work. Um, I did want to just let my listeners know that I've shared the, um, I've shared the episode on Instagram and everywhere else you could think of. So Amara did a Black Girl Gone podcast episode on my sister Charlene who was murdered in 2009. So me and my family are very appreciative that you took the time to even, you know, put the story on your platform. I think you did such an amazing job on the description and everything with that episode. Like I I was definitely amazed. I really appreciated it. Well, thank you. I I I appreciate that and I um, you know, I appreciated that you reached out to me and that you um trusted me telling your sister's story. I know that it's something, you know, um, you know, it's a difficult thing for you and your family and so, you know, I know having some stranger that you never met kind of tell her story um might be difficult. So I'm, you know, I felt you know, very humbled by the fact that you asked me to, you know, cover her story and bring attention to it. Um, but my my show, of course, is, you know, Black Girl Gone. It is a true crime podcast. We focus <clears throat> um, on um, missing and murdered Black women and women of color in America. Um, and I started this show or I started the podcast because, number one, I've always been very much a true crime fan. I, you know, watch all the investigation discovery, you know, all of the documentaries on Netflix. Like I've always been very, very fascinated by true crime, but like most things in America, um, black women, black people are underrepresented and their stories right. are underrepresented in true crime. Um, and, you know, there's, there's a portion of true crime that kind of sensationalizes it. And, you know, it's kind of, we'll make light of it or they're funny podcasts or, you know, things like that. But um, I didn't want to do that. I wanted to make a a podcast that really brought awareness and told these stories because I've seen the power of other podcasts and what they've done for non-people of color and their cases and bringing attention and having their cases reopened and petitions and things like that. And I was like, if they could do this, you know, for non-people of color, like, I could probably do this for people of color and particularly, you know, women, because, you know, we are so um, susceptible to, you know, 
crimes going missing, domestic violence. I mean, we're just vulnerable in a lot of places and our stories, Black women's stories are not being told. And um, so I just, you know, I just knew that there was a space for this podcast. I had no idea that it was actually going to become as popular as it, you know, has been. I don't know how I found you, but I did. I think I was, you know, I think I listened to one true crime and then at the bottom of Spotify, it's just like, oh, more true crime. Then as soon as I see Black yeah. Girls on, I'm like, oh, I need to listen because I watch a lot of true crime shows as well, documentaries. And honestly, like, I think I've already listened to every single episode that you have because I did. <laughs> and like, you tell the story so well, one, Thank you're, you. if you have the information, you do go into detail. And if you don't, you state that I don't have enough information. Like, you're not making stuff up. Like, yeah. you're literally giving the real information. And I'm honestly, I think almost every, maybe aside from one or two cases, I have never heard about them before. So your work is being done. Like I'm actually hearing about cases that I've never heard about from all over. So I think you're doing amazing work. And I know like my family, all these families are appreciated because you're right. Some of these cases be like, from 1973 and then mm-hmm. they open it back up based on something somebody seen yep. or heard on a show yep. or a podcast so I think you know maybe we'll be able to get some answers some families from your work so thank you and it well thank you and I and I like I said I think it's important especially for me because I don't always have the privilege of meeting someone like you you know the the family member of a victim to know that they do want me to tell this story you know sometimes I'm just googling it sometimes the story's been told by other podcasts or maybe other shows and so um because I don't necessarily have permission quote unquote I want to make sure that if somebody's one of the victim's family members does hear it that they're not um you know that, that they that they like the show you know what I mean like they're not listening to oh this girl just made all this stuff up and she didn't even you know what I mean like I want yeah. them to be like well she didn't necessarily get a chance to reach out but she told the story well she told it factual she you know what I mean like she didn't sensationalize it so you know, that's just, that's just important. And I, you know, I'm, I don't know what it's like to lose someone close to me, um, you know, to violence, but I can imagine that if I did, the last thing that I would want to do is turn on a podcast and hear somebody making light of it or making fun of it or making it a joke. You know what I mean? So um, that's why I definitely, you know, try to, um, you know, be respectful of everyone involved. (laughs) Yeah, no, I understand. I definitely get it. So, yeah, so, okay, so today's episode, I wanted to talk about some true crime, but I wanted to gear more towards children. So Mm -hmm. this episode, I wanted to dive in a little bit. I wanted to start with the conversation of children who who have committed a crime, um, particularly murder, and they've been sentenced to life as children. So I know as they grow up, eventually they, I think for the most part, I don't know if it's all states, but I think they end up getting resentenced once they become an adult. Yeah. Um, So I wanted to have the conversation on what are your thoughts about it? Like, for example, I was, I mean, I've been watching a bunch of them, but I was listening to one show on 90s True Crime podcast Mm -hmm. and it's called Too Young. So the story was basically about two middle uh, school kids that decided, you know, like, oh, I want to rebel and I want to pretty much go to school and kill everybody that I had an issue with. But how they did it was they basically went to the school, they pulled the fire alarm, all the kids, of course, and the teachers came out, they were in the bushes, they shot, you know, as many people as they could. Oh, wow. And they end up killing four children, 
four of their classmates and one teacher. The classmates, uh -huh. I believe two were 11 and two were 12. So they were mm -hmm. all around the same age. So, I mean, they did yeah. end up getting locked up. They did go to jail. They were released later <laughs> on as adults. Um, I think they continue to commit other crimes. I don't believe they murdered again. So that was one of the stories that I wanted to like talk about. Like for me, I don't know. I feel conflicted about it because I feel yeah. like it depends on the level of crime. Like, yeah, no, tell me your thoughts, girl. I, I agree. I, I too am conflicted because there is, there's a part of me that's like, well, you know, of course, like the more heinous the crime, you know, you kill four people, you, you know, it, it's, it's almost like, well, yeah, they, sh they should be in jail for the rest of their lives. But on the other hand, it's like, but there were children. So what was happening in their lives? What was going on? You know what I mean? Like sometimes yeah. there's trauma. Sometimes there's adults that are at fault behind the actions of these children. Not always, but some, but sometimes, you know, there's neglectful parenting going on. There's something, you know, so, so it's like, how long does someone, how long do you punish someone for the mistakes that they made when they were a child, even if they're as heinous as murdering someone. It's, 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 it's hard. And like I said, I mean, I'm from, from a victim's perspective, from, from the family of a victim, I'm sure they're like, I don't care how old he right. was. Like, I want him to spend the rest of his life in jail. But, you know, it's, it's, it's almost like, you know, cause I think about stupid things that I could have done when I was 12, 13, not that I would have ever killed anybody, God forbid, but you know what I mean? But maybe being at the wrong place at the wrong time or, you know, any type of, of the wrong decisions could land you in a, in a place where you were in that position. And it's like, would I want to be held accountable for the rest of my life for something I did when I was 12? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I get what I'll, you're saying. Cause I think in some cases, like you said, you could be at the wrong place, wrong time, or let's say, okay, some cases and we all know, like, for black children, they always get more, more of a yeah. sentence. Like it's yeah. always like, even if they didn't do it, and I know certain states, it's like if you were there, then basically you're gonna get charged the same. But you know, depending on what state you're in or what color you are, it obviously, you know, fluctuates. But I feel like, okay, let's say you guys decided to go, I don't know, rob a store, or you decided to, you know, go to a fight and then something escalates and you're with somebody and you're unaware that they were going to shoot this person or you're yeah. unaware that, I mean, okay. Like, I feel like that's a little different because I didn't know you was about to wild out and yeah, shoot people. Like that wasn't the plan when we talked about it at the crib. So it's like, okay, I, I get that in a sense, but I don't know. Like, I know I wanted to do this episode, but I am really conflicted. Like, if you're yeah, as well. I, I guess my other point my, or my other perspective would be that in order for a child to commit a heinous crime like that, they probably are suffering from possibly um, a mental illness, maybe. You know what I mean? And yeah. that may not be able to be cured or rehabbed you know what I mean and so yeah so you might put in a position if you're in the position at 12 that you would do that if we let you out of jail when you're 25 who's to say that you're not going to repeat right. that because behavior. now your mind is more mature and yes you could make the decisions to be like okay that was wrong and now that I'm an adult I know better because that's one mm -hmm. side of it but the other side of it could be like if you were wilding at 12 like who knows what you've you know developed and what thoughts you have because a lot exactly. of times they also like 
become more creative worse. with how they do Yeah, it. exactly. I'm going to say that. They become worse in prison sometimes. Right. So <laughs> yeah. it's like, I mean, obviously we're not on the, the, the panel of people that have to make this decision. I can only imagine yeah. like the people that are really responsible for whether or not they let these children that have grown up be released out of prison and then back into society based on, mm -hmm. I mean, because some of these people, they try to, some of them, okay, don't get me wrong. I've watched a lot. Some, I'm like, okay, maybe they did learn from their mistakes. But then again, yeah. it's like a lot you know, of people in prison also, it's like a hustle. So it's like, I'm going to pretend that I yeah. am straight so y'all can let me out. But my mind is just very as, true. as it was as when I was a child. So it's like, I don't and know. Go ahead. And also be the same thing, like the difference in time between a... um um let's say a uh, a juvenile who went to jail when they're like maybe 12 and and did 20 years is this even if you went to jail when you're 20 and do 20 years you're still going to end up in a lot of ways being a different person but the argument is not the same you know what i mean like right. you can't say well i was only 20 when i did the crime they don't care because you were an adult right. so that so that argument leaves you on the other side of it's like well yeah they commit the crime then they probably just need to do the time but like i said it's it's so hard and as a parent as a mom you know what i mean i'm like you know you 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 know that kids make such stupid mistakes and do stupid things but like i said i think there is a difference and let's just be real like there's there's a difference between you making a stupid mistake as a kid and you carrying a ak47 into your high school and shooting 20 people right. you know what I mean? that's a big difference <laughs> so, so so like in that case it's like okay so then there was another true crime was I listening to it no I was watching it on the ID channel I can't remember exactly the show but basically there were two twins and I think it was American Monster actually mm. I think that's the uh, show I was watching and there were two twins one of them is alive to tell the story and so her sister couldn't have children so her and her husband decided to adopt two children a boy and a girl and they adopted them very young I think there were maybe one or two um as they grew up of course you know the boy the girl was 10 so the boy was older at the time because I think he was 15 when this occurred but um you know, so eventually teenagers sometimes, you know, let me do this. And the parents are like, no, we're going to discipline you, not by physically hitting them, but like taking away something that he wanted. He was upset about it. So, of course, he said, like, he didn't want to be alive anymore. So what he decided to do was not only murder his adopted mom, his adopted dad, the adopted grandmother and grandfather, all in the same home. So his 10-year-old sister... Uh, was sleeping so he said because again he confessed all of this um, to the police so they have it on video he uh, said his yeah. 10 year old um, sister that was sleeping he was just thinking for 16 hours like what he should do with her like should he let her mm. live should he not so he said he decided that he wouldn't want her to grow up um, knowing what happened and to not have parents and have to go into like foster care so he decided mm. he would just take her life and obviously <laughs> I'm not gonna go in super details but yeah. it wasn't quick and easy like he he wow gave her a brutal death mm. and he was 15 so for yeah. me I yeah I need to get out of jail I'm sorry that's a lot at 15 I know that's a little older than 12 and I know that's still young but sir, yeah you killed four people and you had 16 hours to think obviously you're like what should I do with my little sister and mm -hmm. you decided I'm going to brutally murder her I yeah. don't think he should be let back out I'm sorry 
Yeah, I yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah, that's, that, that, see, that's like one of those cases where you're like, yeah, no, he should never be out of jail, because I do believe that, yeah, at, at the age of 15, yeah, there's a lot of things that you don't know, but you do know that what you're doing is wrong, you know what I mean, like, there's no accident it was very intentional and like I said that that is like a dangerous person I mean you know what I mean like yes. so would you want him back on the street I mean he killed five people including a a, a baby and how I mean how, how much time is going to be enough time for him to spend in jail before everybody feels comfortable with him walking the street and I think that's that's the problem you know like you know it, I remember this story and it's like on the other side of that so it was this I think I saw it on I don't know, Facebook or something like that. And it was this guy and he's been in jail basically his whole life. He got locked up when he was 14 years old for um, rob him and his friend robbed and murdered this like older white woman. He's a black guy. And they got life in prison when he was 14 years old. And he was talking about how, you know, now he's like in his forties or something like that. And he was just talking about like how he spent his entire life in prison he's like mm-hmm. i've never he's like i've never ridden a bike i've never gotten on a plane i've never driven a car i'm you know what i mean like he's never done because he's spent his entire life in jail and it's like the part of you that's listening to him at 40 right, right tell this story about how his entire life has been spent in jail it's like dang is is that necessary but then on the I other know, side I get it. You're right. did he commit a murder yes you know what i mean what about the family of that victim i'm pretty right. sure the sorry for him you know what I mean like so it's it's it is it's 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 hard it's a it's a difficult thing and you know that's why children committing crimes I just did a a episode on my black girl gone news that I do on TikTok um about this 13 year old boy who shot and killed his mother like just she was I I don't they don't even really know the whole story it just happened his mother was like a navy veteran she was engaged to be married and he took a gun 13 years old and shot her and killed her and then called the police and told the police that he killed her it's just you know so it's just it's just crazy and you like you know so I I, yeah I don't know it's that's a really tough it's a really tough subject. You know, children in general are it a tough is. subject. It not is. Cover stories that even involve children because it's just, it's like one of those trigger things for me. You know, as a mom, I just, I can't either on either side of those. You know what I mean? It's just a difficult, it's a difficult right. thing. Because a lot of these stories as well, it's like, okay, their families are telling it. And they like, obviously some of them had, you know, a fucked up childhood, you know, and mm. they grew up in a, in a not stable environment, toxic environment. And some people yeah. come from really good homes. So it's like- Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I mean, cause like you said, like that story about that 14 year old and then, you know, at 40, he's talking about it. Okay, 14, that is like, okay, 14, you committed the crime. And then now you're 70 and like from 14 to 70, like you yeah. have lived inside of prison walls. Like that's tough within itself. But I, I mean, for me, I think if I had to like, really really pick something to say about it like I feel like for me it will forever be subjective to the crime crime. itself like I feel like the more heinous it is okay at 15 you decided to take out your grandparents your parents and your little sister like you know but people may Mm. say okay would I have felt differently if it was just his mom or if it was just Mm. just his grandparents or I mean I think murder in general like 
I don't know if you playing with something and or you went to fight somebody and you accidentally and yeah. I think that's different. But if you literally plot and plan like a lot of these children, they're that yeah. angry that they when they talk about it, they're like, yeah, I decided like tomorrow's the day I'm going to kill my mom. Like, you know, so it's like that's, dead. that's different. Right, it's your different. brain processed that like yeah. you came up with a whole plan as a child to take yeah. out an adult. Some of them are half the size of their parents. Like obviously, guns don't have heights or anything, but it's like, yeah. but still, I, like it, it, like you said, it just lets you know like that you were even that your mind was even able to create that idea correct. and then out. You know what I mean? Like that right there in and of itself means that something else is going on you know what I mean like something else is going on in the mind of that child because that's not how a normal child thinks normal children yeah they get mad at their parents they might even say they hate their parents because they wouldn't let them go someplace or do something but to plot plan you know collect weapons whatever you know what I mean and then systematically murder your whole family including a baby it's just it is it is hard to even comprehend how you would ever even allow it like what would they do like get out of jail like work what work at walmart like you know what i mean like right. how would they go on when their backstory is that oh when i was 14 i murdered my entire family and now here i am checking you out at the grocery you know what i mean like what how does how would they even fit back into society at that point right so, and oftentimes like let's say he's 15 and they decide to release him at 40 or 50. Like not only did you commit such a heinous crime and like you said, how do you fit back into society? Now you have been in prison for about 35, 40 years of your life and you don't even know how to function. It's like a double whammy. Like not only can you not function based on the fact that this is now your label. Like you are a murderer, like you killed your whole family, but also you don't know how to function in outside society because you've been locked up for 40 years. So it's like, and that's I don't really know. Thing. I mean, people really do become institutionalized when they, when they spend even five years in prison. So if you spent 30, 40 years in prison, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, you're, you're not going to be able to come out and just be like a regular functioning member of society, plus you're a convicted murderer. So like, right. it, it, it's a it's a really crazy thing. And it's actually something that I, you know, I, I, I've thought about briefly, but never really in, in depth to like really decide how I really feel about I it. I know, that's like why I, I wanted to do this episode. And I haven't, obviously I'm on here like, I don't know, I don't know. Cause I literally don't know, but I needed yeah. to talk to somebody else about yeah. it because I'm like, this is yeah, like, this things, like I said, and I agree with you. I think it is subjective. I think it is subjective to the crime. I think it is the age of the, of the, of the, uh, of the perpetrator at the time they committed the crime. I, I, you know, I do think that those things should be factored in. You know what I mean? I do think there, like I said, I think there's a difference even between, like I said, you know, kids grow up, especially, you know, I live in, I live in Philadelphia, you know, we're being plagued by a lot of gun violence here in the city and it's being committed a lot by teenagers over stupid stuff like social media and Instagram and things like that. And I think that those cases are the type of cases where like, if he, yeah, if he shot somebody with a gun and it's over something really, really stupid, does he deserve to now spend the rest of his life in jail? Or is there a chance that he could do Wait, are you there, Amara? And killed his whole family, lied, hid the body. You know what I mean? Like that has to be different. You know what I mean? So- yeah. 
No, it does. And I, then, like I, some of the cases, they're still labeled as children at seventeen. Yeah. I know you're not an adult, but that's a big ass age. Like, yeah. it is, and 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 at yeah, seventeen is a is a is pushing it. I mean, I like I said, I mean, because because it, like I said, you can make the same argument for somebody who was convicted at eighteen. You can make the same argument for somebody who's convicted at nineteen. I mean, you're talking about between 17 and 19 there's two years but at 19 you're fully an adult and nobody right. really cares and you could receive a life sentence and it's still the same thing you st still spent the rest the whole you, you st you're still going to spend your whole life in jail you know what i mean so you no, know it's just I, so like, sad it's it's honestly sad because a lot of these kids whether they think okay this is my only way of living like okay i have to commit these crimes or i'm so angry about something in the moment that i'm gonna wipe out my whole family like it, it it's sad because it's like that is not something you can come back from like that's it like your whole family is gone you are now in prison yeah. and it's just an unfortunate situation and obviously i talk about it because it's true crime like it is literally yeah. what's happening they have a bunch of documentaries and when i be watching it i literally be like yo i don't know how i feel i would hate yeah one of the people that make the decision on whether or not this person gets to leave prison and go back out to society because I don't know if you did something at 11 because 11 they'd be 11 they'd be at eight sometimes mm -hmm. yeah sometimes. and it's like come on a seven-year-old granted it's like that's pretty yeah. messed up that you had these evil thoughts and you committed a crime but seven like seven yeah. oh no honey and I do, and I think that a lot of times there is, you know, and not and not all the time, because sometimes you know they don't come from traumatic situations. But I think a lot of times they do come from trauma. A lot, a lot of times they do have things, and you know what I mean. And that these are ways of acting out, or they've caused them to have these, you know, psychotic breaks or whatever. You know what I mean. And that and that makes it sad because it's like you know maybe they didn't have a chance to do something else. You know what I mean, or be someone else. Right. So, so like. You know, so that's another topic that I wanted to talk about on this episode as well. Okay, let's not talk about the toxic situation where their mom or their dad's on drugs or mm -hmm. uh, they're raised in like a freaking, you know, just a toxic environment. Let's let's kind of keep this because I have this question, but I want to base it out of like, you know, a, a more a more healthy um, environment. So because okay. a lot of these people like it, like I said, we both know that there's instances where they were in toxic environments and there's instances where they were raised with love. They mm -hmm. got spoiled. They had all the stuff that they ever wanted. So in that type of atmosphere, because again, a lot of the true crime shows that I'm sure you watch and I watch, um, some of them, they start talking about the person, the perpetrator when they were a child. And some mm -hmm. of them already had odd behaviors by the mm -hmm. time they were like four, yeah. sometimes six, seven and it's like oh yeah he killed a cat and decided to cut its head off and hang it in the backyard like okay yeah so as parents like i mean i'm grateful obviously that my son isn't you know he doesn't have that dark of a personality a sense of uh -huh. humor, a loving and caring child i'm grateful for that but i guess what are your thoughts on the parents that have children that are really like that dark and they they do these little things that's like okay this is low-key a serial killer in the making like yeah. because some things are off like how do you think i don't know tell me your thoughts i don't know i think that, that i mean i you know ultimately you know everything comes down to a parental a responsibility when you're raising your children you know what i mean so i think that 
parents are in a lot of ways accountable for things that happen with their children. I mean, like, not that you're not, you know, if your child's suffering from a mental illness or just that that's not your fault, of course. Mm-hmm. But if you see that your child is struggling with a mental illness, the same way as if your child had a disability and you ignored it, that's neglectful parenting. So right. if you're raising a child who kills cats and you're not doing anything to seek out help for that child, you're being neglectful as a parent, you know what I mean? And not just because, not and, and not only because they have the potential to be a murderer or a serial killer, but because this is your child and you want them to have a healthy life and murdering animals is not healthy, you know what I mean? Like right. whatever it is that's going on in their mind, you, you don't, you know what I mean? Like you want to address those things the same way as if your child is physically sick, you know what I mean? Like you can't just ignore that. And so I do think, I, I think it's the parent's responsibility to know those children that have those darker thoughts because there are children that you know have behavior issues in school or doing things to other children or you know acting out or doing things to their siblings i mean you i mean i don't know if you've ever watched like dr phil like dr phil used to have those, those type of kids like on his show all the time you know what i mean like this kid is like they they're they're the parents are sleeping with all the knives locked in a drawer and because they're afraid that their son's gonna kill, kill them in the middle of the night see how does that work? Okay, I understand getting them help. And I think with times it yeah. comes. But, and it's fucked up because it's like, it's your child, but you're not about to sleep in my house. Like, I just, so it's like, how do you, it's not that yeah. you're neglecting your child in that aspect, but can we put him somewhere? Because that's crazy for you to have to, and you're right, that does happen. They have to sleep with their doors locked, one eye open, their siblings aren't safe. Like, that just seems wild to live in an environment like that, and it's your child. You can't just be like, okay, bye, gotta go, and he's seven, you know what I'm saying? Like, And I think that, I mean, you know, like I said, I thank God I'm not in this situation, but I do think that there would be a point where you might have to decide whether or not they should go someplace where they could be safe, especially if you have other children in the house, you know what I mean? It's one thing if they're only child, it's another thing if you have other children in the house that they could potentially harm as well, like, you can't, you may be able to lock your door, but what about your other kids that are sleeping? Right. You know what I mean? Like it, you always, you're, you, it's, a, it's a very, like, it's a very unfortunate situation. And anybody who is going through this, like my prayers go out to you. I, I cannot imagine right. because it is a situation. Like, I, I don't know what, what I would do. I don't, cause it's, it's easy to say, oh, well, I would just, right. you know, put my kid someplace. And it, it, it's easy to say that, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, when it's not your course, kid. Of you course, of course. But then I also look at my kids and be like, I can't imagine having to send any of my kids someplace else. Yeah, you know what that's mean? what I'm saying. It's like, it's one thing Uh-oh. for you to say, okay, I can't really handle my child because they uh-huh. are in this dark space, but it is still your child. So it's not yeah. like you're just like, okay, well, the child is gone. We're about to live a happy life. Like I can't exactly. imagine it's easy. Like, exactly. it's not like, okay, he's yeah. gone. We're, we're all good now. Of course, it's going to be like, what the hell? Like, uh, and you still got to deal with that. Now you got to deal with the fact that your child's someplace else. And now you got to be figuring out how to take care of that and take care of them from there. And it, it, it would just be a never ending struggle. So, you know, I don't, I don't know, you know, if it, but I, I'm, I, I get, like I said, I think that even before it gets to that point where you would feel like you would have to send your child to go someplace else or live somewhere else, you know, whatever the smallest, even of signs, behavior issues, acting out, you know what I mean? Like you should be aware of those and you should be watching it. And if it does turn dark, you know what I mean? You should be, you know, getting help for your child as quickly as possible. You know what I mean? No, I agree with you. You definitely have to, you know, pay attention to their behavior. You know, sometimes 
you know, some kids will act up in certain ways and it can't, it's not necessarily just, you know, a matter of them, you know, murdering animals, but it could yeah. be a matter of, you know, they're just not, they're in a dark space, you know, because that doesn't have an age, like who knows what they're going through And you know, children have a mind of their own. It may not be a big deal to us, but certain things are a big deal to them, you know, and it's just like, oh, yeah have to pay attention to those behaviors because you know that also leads to depression and other things yeah, exactly and children commit suicide i mean there's 10 year olds right. that have hung i mean you know so children do experience things and they have emotions and they have sometimes deep emotions and sometimes dark emotions you know what i mean right. and i as parents, it, you know, we, you know, as much as we deal with our own things and our own emotions, it's very important for us to be tuned into our children, their emotions, their lives, their friends as they get older, what they're into, yes. what they like, yes. all of those things are very important. You know what I mean? Like you should know those things about your children, about your children, about your teenagers, you know what I mean? Who are their friends? Where do they go? What do they like to do? Like, those are things that you should know. And I think that will help you to, you know, see the signs about you know when things may not be going the right way or when your child may be taking turning in a direction that may not be good you know what i mean right but, definitely talk but about peer pressure and all of that out of the blue and they have no idea you know you have no idea i mean you know but you know that's with anything i guess in life you know it could just happen so you know. no that's true i mean i know like i said like we don't have all the answers it, it's like i feel like we both kind of feel the same like it, it is you know a conflicting topic it is conflicting to even think about you know being parents and then also you know realizing that people do also make mistakes you know I'm 33 and I've made mistakes you know prior to this age I mean I've never done something as heinous as you know killing anybody or anything oh, yeah. like that but it's just like I don't know and it's like this is really happening again it may not be happening in our family in our in our circle but there are a lot of families dealing with it, this exact oh, yeah. situation you know and I I know the show that I was just watching um a second ago I think it was children life behind bars and yeah. one of them was getting resentenced it was a black family I don't remember I think what he did if I'm not mistaken he committed a crime one of the ladies survived but her mom didn't. Um, and she was basically like, I never want him to be released from prison. And obviously his family got up there and his dad was just like, you know, I want to apologize. We want to apologize for what we did to your family. And he's like, and I say we, because my son is a part of me. Like it just, it's, it just mm. messes up life for everybody. It's not just a child goes to jail. No big deal. Like, you know, yeah. it's just sad. And yeah, you know, no, it I, is. go ahead. No, no, I was just, yeah, no, it is. It's very, it's very sad. Like it's, it, it just, I was just, just commenting. It's just sad. Like, no, it is. And the thing is like, okay. So the last question I have for you, is, okay. I watch a lot of true crime, just like you watch a lot of true crime. Yes. Okay. Do you feel like, okay, let me see how I should ask it. I literally cannot help it. Like this is <laughs> my go-to like if I don't have nothing to watch like I can for sure find a crime show I can rewatch oh, yeah. the same shows over do you feel like it is detrimental to your health sometimes I've had like you know <laughs> it's kind of like listen like <laughs> you're thinking the most dramatic situation I'm like yo I didn't watch the ID channel these things really happen though like do you yeah. think it could be detrimental like you know what? It's so funny because my husband says it to me all the time. He not, not so much anymore, especially now that I do a podcast. But before, he'd be like, 
babe, this is not good for your spirit. Why are you always watching this? Why are you always watching this about all oh, this is not good for your spirit? And I and I used to have to think about it, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Like I know everybody's different, <laughs> things are different. But as 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 a, as empathetic as I can be to you know victims and their families and things like that, I am not. I don't. I don't feel. Um, like it's detrimental. Like I, I, not, not to me anyway. Like I, I don't enjoy it as a person. Like, oh my God, I love it. Oh my God, I love watching about people that get murdered because that's, that's creepy. But I'm fascinated by. I think that's the word. Yeah. I'm fascinated by true crime. And what I'm mostly fascinated by is the things that human beings will do to other human beings and the, and the reasons why they'll do them over. Right, because I think that's it. Time, it's the thoughts behind the crime. Yeah, like, how did you get things. here? Like, people usually are murdered for love, money, you know, like, those are the top things. It's never anything significant. It's never, you know, well, right. he molested my child and so I murdered him. You know, that those are, like, rare. Like, it's usually over something petty. Somebody right. cheated on somebody child custody um you know money right very very insignificant and petty but the things that human beings are willing to do to each other and you know and 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 it's so final it's like you're willing to end someone's life over this you know what i mean and that's why that i think that's why i'm really like it's it's, it's, i tell myself like it's the same reason why i really like to watch quarters and i really like to watch um, uh, my 600 pound life because it's like the extremes of society. Right. It's right. like what people, the conditions, like I like quarters because like people can live in these types of conditions. Like, and the, you know what I mean? The yeah. same thing with like my 600 pound life. It's like these people are a thousand pounds and like their right. body no, I get them being a thousand, like they're not healthy, but their bodies have grown to, 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 you know, and to, you know, all of this weight around all of this weight, their skin. It's like, so it's just a fascination of like human behavior, human beings, at least for me. So um, I, I look at it more as like an educational thing, more like a case study on people versus right. like Honestly, me watching about people dying. Cause that's not what it's about. You know what I mean? Right. I think it's like you said, it's like the thought process is the story behind it. Like, and honestly, yeah. Like there's a lot of life lessons as well. There's a lot oh. of things where it, it it opens my eyes. You know, obviously, aside from what happened to my sister, there's other things on the show where it's like, okay, no, you may not run into somebody that is like this person on this show, but certain signs are very telling. And I think a lot of these stories, these are true crime stories from people just like us. So sometimes oh, yeah. watching somebody's story can actually save your own life or have- oh, yeah look out for certain things and stuff like that so i mean uh, of course we know all the guys think all women are crazy why y'all like <laughs> y'all trying to plot like nobody i'm not yeah. even thinking about no as many ways as they show you how to do all these crimes like that's like the i'm not even into that part i'm not even like you know what i could probably do something like this like that's not even a part of my thought process when i'm watching yeah. it's no. everything else so all the guys that think women are plotting because we're watching the ID channel, we're not. We're just fascinated. <laughs> yeah, we're, nobody's trying to kill you. <laughs> right. So it's just like, you know, it definitely is a fascination. But um, yeah. I mean, honestly, girl, I think this was like a great conversation. I know we didn't give a final answer in regards to the children in life because we don't have one. But I definitely think the conversation was worth having. And like you said, you've thought about it, but not in depth. And hopefully this episode will cause people to think about it in depth or maybe not in depth, but just give it a thought just because it is a thing. So, you know, as a society, we have to be aware of these things. Like we can't just let the children just 
you know, grow up or not grow up or come in in these crimes and then just send them, send them to the wolves and just be like, okay, well, you did this at seven, too bad, so sad. So, I mean, I don't know what we can do as a society. I don't think we can really control it too much, but I think being aware and knowledgeable of what's happening and that this is a thing, we can turn a blind eye and act like it's not happening, but it's happening. Yes, definitely. Most definitely. Yeah. So if you could just tell the listeners where they could find your podcast, your platform, anything you have going on. Yes. Yeah, so um, Black Girl Gone True Crime Podcast is available wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google. We're also on YouTube now. So I've been posting YouTube yes. videos. Um, yeah. So you can find us at Black Girl Gone Podcast on YouTube. Um, we are on Instagram at Black Girl Gone Podcast, TikTok at Black Girl Gone Podcast. Facebook at Black Girl Gone Podcast and on Twitter at Black Girl Gone P1. Oh, you <laughs> are everywhere, girl. Everywhere. Yes. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Well, once again, thank you um, again for being a guest on the show. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in to another episode. Until next time, bye. Thank you guys once again for tuning in to another episode of The Rosie Perspective. And yes, I mean, honestly, this conversation with Amara was so needed. I still don't even really have the answers or all my complete thoughts on the subject. However, I definitely enjoyed engaging and talking about it. So thank you guys for tuning in. Now, typically I do do off week, on week for many things, but next week I've decided to drop another guest episode. So you guys will have to tune in to see which guests I will have on. They are also podcasters. And then I'll get back to my many things, but I'm gonna double it up on the guest episodes back to back. All right, until next time, bye. Hi everyone, my name is Ellie. I'm the owner of CNE Cleaning. My company provides services locally in Massachusetts, providing the following services. Deep cleaning, move and move out cleaning, Airbnb cleaning, commercial spaces, including routine cleanings on a weekly, bi-weekly, or monthly basis. Landlords whose tenants just moved out, professionals who are constantly working, or anyone who doesn't have the time, let CNE Cleaning handle it for you. Visit our website at www.ce-cleaning.com or call 781-520-2230. Book with CNE Cleaning because cleaning equals happy.